if I had about five more, I would just say amen and we'd go home. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't know if I was ADD, but I was definitely jitterbug. That means I jittered all over the place when I was a kid. I was very active. They didn't know what to do with me, I don't think. I just smiled a lot. Made people laugh. That's how I got out of trouble. Eventually, I made a living doing it. So worked out. <laughs> We're going to talk about being grateful. You know, having a grateful heart. We've been talking about healing the broken heart. And uh, we might still have another one or two more sessions on that on Wednesdays, but we're going to talk about being grateful tonight, having a grateful heart. But we're going to start at an odd spot because how many know there are a lot of troubles and problems in our society now? You know, there's a lot of difficulties out there, and it starts somewhere. And how many would say this is probably the last days, if not the last hours of the last days. You know, uh, I, I kind of want Jesus not to come too soon because I want more people to get saved. You know, that, that's the only holdback. You pray, Lord Jesus, come, but, well, just wait a little bit because there's some more people that need to be saved. I don't want them to go to hell. I want them to make heaven their home one day. And so let's start out in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And if I can read it, I'll read it so I can just keep flowing. But in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. It's not that they could come or they might come. It says they will come. How many have had some perilous times? recently well they will come for men that's mankind really will be lovers of themselves do you see that out there in the world today people love themselves more than they love god they have made themselves and their desires an idol it says they're lovers of themselves secondly lovers of money what does the bible say about loving money the love of money is the root. All, you said it, Dan, all evil. Not some evil, but it's the root of all evil. So whatever it is that's happening. You know, if there's drug addiction, uh, it's somebody wanting to make money that sold those drugs. If it's alcohol, it's those companies that produce the alcohol to get people hooked. Cigarettes, uh, gambling. I didn't realize there's so many gambling spots around this town that they got slot machines and everything going on. Uh, I've never bought a lottery ticket, and I never will because I would win, and I would win a big enough amount that I'd be splashed on the newspaper and it would ruin my ministry because <laughs> that's the way the devil operates. He doesn't come to just steal, kill, but he comes to destroy. So that's why I've never, ever played the lottery. I've got too much at stake to ha to win. You know, oh, would I like a little extra money? That'd be nice. 
if somebody gave you a little extra money, you made a little extra money, that's fine. But I'm not going to play the lottery. I'm definitely not going to do the slot machines because I would win. Because the devil would want me to be destroyed. But see, how does he destroy other people? Because he gets them to do it, and they win, and then they do it thinking they're going to win again, and they do it over and over and over and over. And, of course, in the 12 steps that I led groups for many years and the power to choose, you know, we learn that insanity is doing the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result. <laughs> but that's not the way it works. You can do the same thing over and over and thinking it's going to be different this time. Why do people get drunk or why do they use drugs? Well, it's because they're hurting. And there's problems out there. And sometimes, instead of going to a doctor, they'll self-medicate their problem. And so they think they can diagnose themselves and take their own medication, whatever that might be. Or they go to a doctor to get pain pills, and then they go to a different doctor, and then a different doctor, and then a different doctor, until they've hit all the doctors and they won't give them anymore. Then they have to hit the street to get the stuff. But men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters. You know, people want to boast, uh, and I won't call any names, but, you know, I've been around a lot of businessmen in my time. And one day a guy just had to show me a warehouse that he had with all these beautiful cars and all these beautiful, uh, like, motorhomes. And, I mean, stuff out of this world. And then he even showed me check stubs of money that he made in his business. Million-dollar deals. I, I didn't know him that well. Why would he want to show me? I'm just one of those guys, I got that face that says, show me, <laughs> I guess. I, I was raised in the show me state, <laughs> so they just want to show me. But I didn't need to see all that. I wasn't that guy's good friend. But anyway, boasters, proud. Pride comes before the fall is what the word says. You know, you got to humble yourself. If you don't, pride will humble you. It'll make you fall, fall down hard. Then he said, blasphemers. Well, I've had people ask me if they blaspheme God if they're going to go to heaven. I said, well, you wouldn't be talking to me if you'd been a true blasphemer because you're concerned. You want to make sure that you didn't cross the line. Yeah. Well, somebody that's a true blasphemer, they, they don't have no conscience about it. See. They, they're devoid of conscience about it. They don't even care. And then we see disobedient to parents. Well, once you're a grown-up, you know, uh, it's not that you got to be disobedient to them, but it's disobeying the principles maybe that they raised you with. But as a child, children disobey their parents. They have to have boundaries. They have to be disciplined. You know, it's not about punishment. See, Discipline is different than punishment. Punishment inflicts harm and mucho pain. You know, uh, it, it crosses a line usually when you're getting punished. But disobedience that has somebody correct them and they discipline them, then it's showing them that you care about them enough that you don't want them to 
they're following the bits over and over, giving them boundaries. And then says, and this is the one, this is the one word I want you to grab a hold of, unthankful. <laughs> Unholy follows that. Unloving follows that. Unforgiving follows that. <laughs> Slanders without self-control. Brutal. Despisers are good. You get the picture. But the part about being unthankful. I'm so happy y'all are willing to get up and thank God. Because I tell you what, when you're unthankful, then all these other things are companion spirits with it. And you get in some really deep doo-doo, you know, deep trouble. So, you know, unthankfulness. And I'll say this, when people have big sexual problems, it's usually because the root is in unthankfulness. Somebody's confused. They don't know if they're a man or a woman. Well, they're unthankful for the way God created them, see? Or they got to be a different way than what's normal, you know? Most of the time it's because they're unthankful for the way they look or they think about themselves. Somebody's given them a wrong identity and tried to make them conform to something else. But you know, God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. Even when somebody was conceived out of wedlock, there's still a gift from God's process. See? And when they come into this world, they're a gift to the world and to the people who brought them into this world. Sometimes you don't always stay in the family that birthed you. Some people have been adopted. Some people have been fostered. And not all those are good. But God sometimes blesses us in spite of the harm that the enemy intended for us. And so we can be grateful and thankful that God has done something for us and helped us. And so we see that unthankful followed by being unholy. It's easy not to be holy when you're unthankful to God for what he's done for you. You know? Everybody can be a beautiful person. Maybe one person doesn't think they're pretty, but you know, if they smile, I've never seen an ugly person that sm if they smile. You know? It, it's just a fact. I've never seen an ugly bride when I was doing a wedding. When they walk down that aisle, they're the most beautiful people on earth. When they look so radiant and glorious and lovely. Because God made them that way. So it's important to be grateful. But however we got this problem going on in the last days, in these perilous times, we have a lot of people with these issues. But I'm pinpointing that one characteristic of being unthankful, ungrateful. That really strikes hard. Well, <laughs> strikes hard at the microphone, too, if you hit it. But it strikes hard at our identity issues when we're not thankful. Anyway, I want to move along to a story here in the Word. And it's in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And this is interesting because it has to do with somebody being thankful and somebody not being thankful. 
And it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now you've got to understand, people had seen him healing everybody. Every kind of sickness and disease. He's raised the dead. I mean, he healed the crippled. He broke bread and broke fish. I mean, fed thousands. This guy was amazing, named Jesus. They all didn't realize he was the Christ, or else they wouldn't have crucified him. But he said, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Now you've got to understand leprosy. Leprosy, the person was so contaminated that they had to shout, unclean, unclean, when they were a distance away to stay away from them. And then they had to quarantine together. And there, there is uh, <coughs> where, where the nickname for Hades was, or actually not Hades, Gehenna was the nickname for hell. You had the Kidron Valley that ran one way and the Gehenna Valley ran the other way. And Gehenna, that was the area where they would burn trash outside the city, walls of Jerusalem. And that's where lepers hung out. They had to stay outside the camp, outside the city, because they were contaminated. And if you got leprosy, it would eat you, the nose off your face. It could ruin your eyesight. It damaged your skin, different parts of your body, and it attacked the nerves. You talk about painful. Anybody in here ever have shingles or, or chicken pox? You know, that's the thing that's in your system that can allow you to have shingles. You know. But shingles is a really painful thing. They try to vaccinate you now for everything. They want to give you a shingles vaccination, a flu vaccination, a pneumonia vaccination, and a COVID vaccination. And if that's not enough, they want to do it four times with two COVIDs and then two boosters. You know, I'm sorry. And I'm not against vaccinating kids and certain things to keep them from dying of childhood diseases, but I'm not getting any of those. And I'm not preaching to you to not get them. Okay, I'm, I'm just not getting it. I hadn't had the flu in 42 years. Why would I take a flu shot? You know, I'm going to get the flu. That's what would happen. I would get it, and I would get it bad. Why? Because that's just the way the devil works with me. If I played the slots, I'd win. If I got a lottery ticket, I'd, I'd win the jackpot, and I'd be all over the news because the devil wants to ruin me. He wants to destroy me. But these guys stood far off because they had to be quarantined. They had to shout, I'm unclean. And so as they lifted up their voices, he said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. That's interesting. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, 
giving him thanks. I think that's probably where that song, With a Grateful Heart, Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart, probably rooted in this story. Give thanks. And then there was another song years ago by Andre Crouch and Disciples, you know, and only one returned to say, Thank you, Lord. And that was that one. And you know what? That one was a Samaritan. That's the low man on the totem pole in the Middle East there. They were not Jews. That's why it's so interesting. Jesus ministered to the woman at the well. She was Samaritan. He crossed the, the Sea of Galilee there and went to the other side. And there was a man at the tombs. He was from the Samaritan group. And that whole city came out and got saved. Isn't that amazing? So guess what? Jesus loves the low man on the totem pole. He loves anybody that's the underdog. You know, Dr. Martinez, Chris's dad, he was successful, but he wasn't born into a rich family. He was born in Cuba, and then he got out of there and came to the United States, and his wife helped work while he went to medical school to become a chiropractor, and he worked his way up, and they bought lots of properties, and they became successful and wealthy and, and all that. But he used to tell me, he said, Pastor Kevin, you know, he was trying to get me to put our church over on what he thought was a nice side of town. He said, rich people need Jesus, too. He said, they probably give bigger offerings. I said, well, I got to go to the side of town where God's directing me. I can't go where people are just, they might not come anyway. Maybe I'm too country for them. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that one Samaritan came back and fell down and gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now they did what he told them to do. They went to the priest to verify their healing. Some people are very religious like that. You know, this Samaritan couldn't help himself. When he realized he was healed, he had to go back to the one that healed him and bow down at his feet and give him glory. And you know, there's certain things. God values the least in society. That's one thing. A second thing is this. God honors faith. So guess what? Now send the ten went. And as they went, it says they were cleansed. And then the third thing, God cherishes gratitude. Did you know how much he enjoyed tonight when the four or five people that came forward gave thanks? Man, Every one of us could have thanked God for something. Thank God my wife had a good, successful eye surgery. If you talk to her face-to-face -face tonight, look at her right eye. She has no lens in her glasses because <laughs> she can see. And her old prescription would have made her stumble and fall because it was so blurry because she sees good now. I see good. If there's a lot of light, I don't need these. But I think it makes me look intelligent, maybe, to wear them. So, you know, I wear them anyway. 
but God really cherishes. He loves when you give thanks to Him, when we lift a hand in thanksgiving, when we praise Him. Oh, God, how wonderful and great you are. You're an awesome God. That's why I love singing, because singing praises is really an awesome way to acknowledge Him and give thanks to Him. I love that song, Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart. I just love the sound of it. I love the words of it. I could sing that every day. I may. I may start my prayers that way. Give thanks. I give thanks with a grateful heart. Make it personal when you do it. But those ten, nine of them did not come back. Was Jesus disappointed? I think he was just making a, a statement to the disciples to notice these kind of things. You know, when you're in the ministry and you do things for people, you don't know how much they appreciate it. You get them over the hump, you get them out the door, they go down the road a little bit farther and they're doing good, and you're glad. But at the same time, some people never come back and thank you. Now, I came back the other day, Pastor Ken, and there was a Harley-Davidson ball cap in my mailbox. And they said, Stephen... Put that in there. Thank you, Stephen. I want to give thanks for my Harley-Davidson ball cap. <laughs> and it had something about Jesus on the back of it. Yeah, Jesus is Lord. So when I wear that to Walmart or something, people are going to stop me and say, I like your ball cap. I say, well, watch me when I walk away. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's because I've been talking to Stephen. And, and we've been praying and, and all and seeing God make some changes and help grow and disciple. And so it was nice. Somebody gave me thanks. I liked on Pastor Appreciation Day, people gave me things. I mean, it was neat. I got, uh, well, I always enjoy the, the gift cards. People know I like to eat. So I get these gift cards to places to eat. And so I went to, I forget who gave me the Dexter barbecue, but I used it one day. I didn't even take my wife that day. I went and used it myself. Because you know, the prices have gone up. So I didn't have to pay anything. Or did I? I did take you. I guess it was. There's enough for her and me. And it had $6 left on it. Maybe Virginia gave me that for Pastor Appreciation Day. Some God's powerhouse or women's group or something. That's wonderful. I give thanks to the Lord for all that good stuff. But I did take my wife to eat, so that was a bad judgment to say that, wasn't it? But let's read another scripture. And really, I only marked one verse, I think, but I'm going to read 16. You don't have all those, Philip, but I'll read them. I'll be done before you can put it up there. Read in First Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always. Isn't that wonderful? It doesn't matter what it is. Just rejoice. Man, it's a great day. Instead of looking at the negative and the bad, rejoice. Don't get mad at people. I did get frustrated today, didn't I, honey, at the stop sign. I was behind a car at Walmart. You know, it's a two-way stop, and they're pulling in. And... 
once there's no cars coming and it's your turn, go. And I was sitting there and this person just talking to his wife and I was like, go! You know what? All that did was help me because that guy didn't hear me one bit because the windows were up. But he went. I said, thank you, Jesus, that that guy turned. It didn't. It would only cost me 20 more seconds. That's stupid of me to do that. But I'm, I'm a human. Anyway, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. That means being an attitude of talking to God. You know what you won't do? You won't lose it if you're always got Jesus right next to you by the Holy Ghost. If you're, if you're, you're not going to get mad at your family. You're not going to get mad at the stop sign. You're not going to get mad in the store. I just walk around. I get a kick out of it. I see people. Man, there's every kind of shape and every kind of look, every kind of dress. I tell you, I enjoy going to the store and people watch. It's better than watching TV. I'll tell you that right now. I, I had our handyman working at my Aunt Barbara's yesterday, Robbie. And uh, he was laying some flooring in her kitchen. See, I, I, we put down some linoleum in there that I had. It was new, never been used, but it was too dark for her. She kept complaining to me, when am I going to get some new flooring? Oh, okay, well, I'll get around to it. So uh, she had a leak under her house. Well, we found one, we fixed it. You know what? When you fix one, it just lets the pressure go stronger down the way. So then another one, there it went. And then we got that one fixed and around the corner, and there went that one. So there was three leaks. And then we finally got that fixed, and I was the one turned on and off the water, and I was yelling under the house, it's leaking. And Robbie, turn it off. You know, and so we turned it off. He said, yeah, there's one more leak. And he says, if I can be gentle with it, maybe I won't break the pipe. You know, they're like 30-something years old. I said, Lord, man, we've been under this house for two days trying to fix this water. And so he finally got the, and we used the shark bites, you know, and the, the stuff. And so anyway, he got it fixed. And I turned the water on, and there was no noise. He said, it's not leaking. Leave it on. Oh, we were so happy. And then he got into the kitchen, and I helped carry him the boxes in. He was laying the flooring. and I'm the gopher. If we need anything, I go to the store. And so I went to Subway and got us some sandwiches. And, and my Aunt Barbara, she's funny. She'll say, he knows every good place to eat, doesn't he? <laughs> I brought her a Philly steak and cheese sandwich with green peppers and tomatoes and lettuce and all, you know. And she ate that. She said, this is really good. I said, it is, isn't it? Anyway, I've got her coming over for Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow somewhere. <laughs> Anyhow, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. But she probably has been to church you couldn't count it on one hand how many times she's been to church since like 1970. And probably you could count it on two fingers 
in the last 25 years. And they were decent people. My Uncle Harold, Ken's uncle, he would talk to me and say, well, the, I was having a talk with the good Lord. You know, the older he got, his voice would go up higher. When he got to 90, it was real high because he would talk out of here and not out of here, you know. His head voice, not his chest voice. But uh, I know he is right with God. The farther up the numbers he went, the more close to God he got. But she, you know, I talked to her, and I said, she kept saying how she enjoyed going out to eat so much. I said, well, you know what? We're having a Thanksgiving dinner at church on Sunday. She said, you are? I said, do you want to go? She said, I'm invited. I said, yes. She's 82 years old. And I said, yeah, you're invited. And uh, she said, can I wear jeans? I said, yeah, you can wear blue jeans in our church. I may wear blue jeans. No, I wore black jeans instead. But I brought her, or Lucia brought her, and she sat right up next to me on the front row. The music wasn't too loud. Now, if you heard her hearing aid going off, I'm sorry. But it goes, ee, when it gets too loud, you know. But the music was loud enough, it covered it up, I think. And then Zach preached. And she told me, she said, I really liked Zach's message. I said, good. She said, I, I like your church. I said, well, I'm glad. She said, those ladies can really cook good. <laughs> she said, that was good food. I said, have I ever taken you anywhere that wasn't good food? Listen. She said, well, you think maybe I could come again sometime? I said, you can come next Sunday. I can? I said, yeah, if you come, we'll take you out to eat after. And so she's going to be coming every Sunday. Now, we were talking to my brother on the phone in the car. And we were talking about Uncle Harold's in heaven and, and people rejoicing. My mom's there and all this. And she said, well, you know, that's nice. I'm not sure if I'm going there. I may be going the other direction. I said, what? What are you talking about? I said, now, you told me you were baptized in the Baptist church across from your house in Perryville, Missouri, when you were a kid. Is that right? I said, well, yeah, that's the truth. I said, now, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I kind of got stern with her. She said, yes. I said, do you believe that he died on the cross? Yes. I said, do you believe that he was raised from the dead? Yes. And do you believe he's Lord of the universe and is in heaven? He, she said, yes. I said, well, the Bible says if you believe all those things that you shall be saved, you're going to go to heaven. She looked at me, her eyes got real wide and said, well, I bet the food's good up there. <laughs> I said, well, you can eat with us when we make it. But my what? Thank you, Nelson. Anyway, it says, pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. He didn't say just the good things. He said in everything. 
give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. Not everything that happens around you is going to be hunky-dory. It's not going to be wonderful. And I really almost get upset now when I hear people say, well, you know, God will never put more on you than you can bear. I can tell you what, when Sheila lost her granddaughter, she lost it. She couldn't imagine her granddaughter going to heaven so young. She had her whole life before her. Well, you know what? That was more than she could bear. Sometimes things happen to us that's greater than we can bear. We don't know how to stand it. And you couldn't stand it and you couldn't make it without the grace and the mercy of Almighty God. So you see, that's how you make it. So in everything we give thanks. We give thanks because Sheila's granddaughter is in heaven and she's, she saw her in that dream dancing and, and singing and happy. Well, how can you not be happy in heaven? We're the ones that are messing out. See? Your mom smiled all the time. She's laying there on the couch. I'd come in to visit, come sit next to her, and she'd look up and turn and open her eyes, and she'd see me, and she'd smile like this. Pastor Kevin. She used to listen to me on the radio for years. That's how they found out about us in this church. And she was one of the ladies, she was a sister to one of the ladies that we grew up knowing at the Assembly of God Church as kids. So we known her family forever. And so we just had that connection. Aren't we glad we give thanks for Sister Deronda's life and how she touched so many people and that she's in heaven today rejoicing before the Lord. And she's not in pain. We thank God for that. God knows things that we don't know. We give thanks for Randy's mama. She went to heaven. She wrote him a letter in 1989, right? Or 2000. What year were you born? 79. She wrote him a letter in like 89 or 90, somewhere around there. He was like 11 years old. Wrote him a letter in case she died, telling him, Go forward in God. Use your gifts and talents for Him. Be a blessing. And He just got it this year, this past month. That letter was 30, 33, 34 years old. Wow. Isn't that cool? So we give thanks. We rejoice in the Lord. Stephen lost his mom. She loved the Lord. We give thanks. She was my age. You know what? When we know where they went, we would never bring them back into this world the way it is. But guess what? We're on a journey, and our journey's going to go the length it's supposed to go, and we have to make every moment of our lives count and count for Jesus. Amen? So is there any more of these words I need to say? Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. 
test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Wow. Stand, in other words. Yeah, you can stand, too. Go ahead. You started to. It's all right. Thanksgiving is a great time of the year to remember that we are grateful to God. I'm so grateful to him. I like that Randy said for he shed his blood for us. He was saved at nine years old. Wow. Some people don't get saved until they're 69. I led a man to the Lord that was a customs agent down in Miami. Oh, wasn't he rough? He, he worked all over the world. He worked with the DEA too. He took me fishing. His wife was a young German gal, about 20 years younger than him, and she just loved Pastor Kevin. That made me nervous. She didn't love me, love me. She just loved me as a preacher and a pastor. And so she'd go home talking about me. Made me a little nervous when young women talk about the pastor to their husbands, you know. But you know what? So he invites me to go deep sea fishing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus. Don't let him push me over the side and let something eat me. And then say it was an accident. I got to be honest, I was a little nervous. But we went out there and we caught so many dolphin fish, the rainbow colored. It's mahi mahi, it's not regular dolphins. We caught like 45. The guy that owned the boat, his little boy, and the two of us, we filled a cooler of filleted meat like that, that long. I mean, who knows? That was like $8.99 a pound back then in 1992. Man. That's some good eating. We filled our freezer with dolphin meat. And we made it blackened. We made it fried. We made it broiled. Delicious. You can tell I haven't eaten since lunch. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. At the end of the day, he gave me some of the filleted meat. And I took it and put it in my car seat. And then I closed the door and I turned around. And he looked at me and he says, what does it take for a man to get saved? Just like that. I didn't preach to him that day. I didn't talk about the church. I didn't talk about how much his wife loved my preaching. I just hung out with him. And he saw I was a real regular guy. And I said, and I explained it to him. And he said, oh, he didn't have me pray with him that day. But he came to church Sunday. That whoosh, blew my mind. Then he came the next Sunday. And then he came the third Sunday. And that was the day that this man that was so rough around the edges, been all over the world with the DEA and Customs and Border Patrol and all kinds of stuff, raised his grizzled hand and got saved that day. Then Hurricane Andrew destroyed our church all the houses he sold out moved to Tennessee and I heard that he died of a heart attack shortly thereafter he made it by like six months because I went fishing sometimes you just got to go fishing something to win a man to Jesus and so we give thanks one day I'm going to see him his name was Joe Messer 
I'll never forget. I can see his face right now before me. You know, there was a song that said, Thank you for giving to the Lord. I was a soul that was saved, or I was my life that was changed. Well, that's the way it is going to be. We all can make a difference in somebody's life. And when we do, boy, what a thanksgiving it is. Lift a hand towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you and we thank you today for being Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And we ask you to touch every person here. Touch them body, soul, and spirit and lift them up and help them be strong to serve you and walk with you. And we give you thanks for it tonight. And we thank you, Lord, that we can serve you. We thank you, Lord, that we can praise you. And we love you, Lord. Amen and amen. Okay, God bless you. Have a wonderful day tomorrow. And see what God does.